0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Raw and the Cooked, your home for cooking inspiration plus raw and honest book reviews. Episodes alternate between my two passions, maintaining a simple and efficiently run kitchen and keeping up with this year's hottest books. I hope after each episode, you take away a new idea for your kitchen or a new book recommendation. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm not quite sure what happened, but all of a sudden we took a nosedive into fall. Um, we are bundled up in our winter coats, hats, and gloves for our daily stroller walks at a temperature of an average of 40 this week. Um, so after a chilly morning in the park, I made us a warm red lentil soup with warm spaces for lunch, and it was just bliss. Um, so I'm including the recipe in the show notes for you. And also I am staring out my studio window as I record today's episode and just in awe of the most striking fall colors. All I can see are trees, branches, and the most luminous red, orange, and golden leaves. So I'm definitely taking a moment to soak up all of the gratitude I have for the gorgeous view I have outside of my studio window. And today I wanted to take us back to the basics and share my top kitchen tips with you. And if you're a pro, these will serve as a friendly reminder. You probably won't need most of these, but if you're newish to home cooking or are trying to get more into it, more of a rhythm and a routine, um, then these will be great places for you to start. So we're going to just jump right in. So number one Uh, This might be probably my favorite kitchen tip, but this is called mise en place, which is a very fancy French way of saying that everything is in its place. And this primarily refers to having all of your ingredients diced, sliced, measured, weighed right there. Um, In addition to any tool or utensil, pot, pan, strainer, oven mitt, like any, absolutely anything you'll need to prepare the dish that you're about to make. And for the ingredients portion, I recommend investing in a dozen or so small prep bowls but it's more than just that and more than the ingredients. It's really having the forethought to gather whatever you'll need before the dish is finished, just so you don't have to like stop what you're doing to grab whatever it is. Like you want to be able to get into the flow with cooking and mise en place definitely helps you with that. It's more than just your ingredients. Like I'm sure you'll see a lot of like beautiful photos of, of, you know, just all the ingredients gathered, which is great, but you really want to include like tools or anything else that you'll need ahead of time. So that is my probably my favorite tip for, uh, for today in this list. Okay, so number two, ensuring your skillet or your pan is hot. So a hot pan is essential for sautéing and it's going to help create a great crust and prevent food from sticking. Um, so how do you know when your pan is hot enough? Well, the oil will have a mirage look to it. Um, or if you still can't tell, um, I suggest sprinkling just the tiniest amount of flour in the pan. And if it sizzles, then it is hot and ready to go. Um, so a classic mistake that people make when they're in a hurry is not allowing the pan or the, I'm sorry, it's more like the oil getting hot, right? Right. It's not just the pan. Um, the I mean, obviously, like the oil reflects how hot your pan is. Um, but a classic mistake people make is like not waiting until their oil is hot enough before they get started. So number three, use an instant-read thermometer. And if you're, if you've been cooking for a while, you probably will be able to feel how well your chicken or your steak or your fish is done based on like how much resistance you get when you push on it with like a tongue or a spatula. But for uh, those of us that are newish to cooking, I strongly suggest checking the temperature of your meat. And you know what, even if you're a professional, like it never hurts to double check, right? Cause like it, it's just a good thing to do for, you know, food safety purposes, um, so you insert the thermometer into the thickest part of the protein. And so uh, just a general rule of thumb for a chicken, it's 165 for breast and 175 for thigh. Um, beef, veal, or lamb, 145 if you're looking for medium rare, 160 for medium. Um, pork should be at 160. Ground meat, 165. And fish, um, I am comfortable with my salmon at 125. Um, and the instant read thermometers are usually pretty inexpensive. I've added the one that I personally have. It's an OXO one uh, to the show notes. So you can check it out right there. Number four, use the right sized pan. So you never want to overcrowd your pan. And if you do, it's not going to allow your meat or your veggies to properly brown and get that golden crust of deliciousness. Um, So like the oils and the flavors, they all need room to breathe and reduce properly. Um, So do your food a favor and just use the right size pan. Um, My personal go-to is either a 12-inch all-clad stainless steel or I have a very large, I think it's like 14-inch Le Creuset enameled cast iron pan. And so those are just like my two absolute favorites. Pans in the entire world. Um those both transition from stove to oven with without transferring. Um so if I need to finish something off in the oven, it's not a problem. So number five, and again, I will link that in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out. And again, like nothing here is sponsored. So these are just like my absolute like ride and dies I'm recommending to you. I'm not getting paid to um, send you, like give you guys links, just FYI. Okay. So number five, keep your knives sharp. Um, So a dull knife is way more dangerous than a sharp knife. Um, I don't know if anyone knows that or not but you are actually, I think it's 10 times more likely to injure yourself um, if your knife isn't sharp. Um, So a good indicator if your knife is sharp enough is if you hold a piece of paper up in the air and then take your knife and slice through it. If it cuts cleanly, um, then you're fine, but if not, you should probably sharpen your knife as soon as humanly possible. Um, if you don't feel comfortable sharpening your own knife, um, I know you can buy like a Wusthof one that you can do at home. Um, a lot of local kitchen stores that sell like kitchen goods they do knife sharpening. Um, a lot of um, times you can find like a knife sharpening booth at a farmer's market. Um, it really just depends on like where you live, so research it. And it's usually about five dollars per knife. Number six is salting your meat and letting it rest. So the next like four points I'm about to make like all revolve around salt, which is really important. So I thought I would just like break them out. So number six is salting the meat. Um, so salting your meat prior to cooking it is going to help absorb um, liquid during the cooking process, and it just like helps you have like a really nice juicy piece of meat. So um, I always pat my meat dry with a paper towel and then season it with kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper. Um, and then once cooking, you're going to allow everything to rest. So again, just salting your meat. It doesn't have to be like super ahead of time. Maybe if you just like prep out your meat, salt it, and then like finish up a few other things before you start cooking, like that's good enough. Um, so I personally keep a salt cellar and a black pepper grinder right next to the stove for just really easy access. And due to salt's antibacterial properties, you're able to keep it on the counter and you can just like go in and stick your fingers in, grab a pinch of salt without contaminating the rest of the stash. Um, so that means like you don't have to wash your chicken fingers and you can just like stick your hand in there, salt your meat, do your thing. Um, that's the only time I would recommend not washing your hands in between touching raw meat, but with salt, um, because of its properties, it's totally fine. So number 7 is the salt tax. Um and as you're cooking, it's just an important rule to pay the salt tax anytime you add anything new to the pan. So for example, just like walk you through like a recipe. You know you're gonna add butter to your oil. You're gonna make sure your pan is hot. You're gonna add in your onion and then sweat it down because um, most recipes call for it to be like reduced to translucent amount. Um, so just season your onion with a pinch of kosher salt, and then maybe next you'll add garlic, tomato paste, like who knows? Uh, another pinch of kosher salt to taste, um, and then maybe you add a few other veggies or whatever else you're making. Pay the salt tax. Um, so it sounds like a lot of salt, like every. Time You put anything new in the pan for the most part, you're going to like follow up with like a small pinch of kosher salt. Um, But if you're salting as you go, you're going to end up with a better flavor profile, which will allow like the salt to like really penetrate the food rather than if you were to simply like salt at the very end. yeah, which brings me to my final salt point. You can always add more salt, but it's really tough to correct over salting. So salting as you go is is crucial because, like, if you don't add enough during the cooking process, then like you're stuck salting at the very end. And then, like the salt doesn't have time to like, really do its thing. Um, so just salt with caution. Um, but another key thing is to really, taste your food throughout the cooking process, just to make sure that like you don't have a heavy salt hand. So um, number eight is my like, very last salt point, I promise. But unsalted butter, like always. Um, so you are going to want to be in control of the salt level in your food. And the only way by doing so is salting it yourself and not getting salt from any other sources like the butter. Um, so, uh, just another quick reference America's test kitchen, which is like basically my Bible. They never use salted butter. Just saying, just saying, Um, And then lastly, number nine is have fun and experiment. Recipes are usually just a suggestion. Um, I always mix and match, add things, take away things. If I don't think something will sound right or come out right, I will probably just do whatever I think is best. I mean, and there are definitely some times that I follow recipes to a T, um, but a lot of times I just trust my own intuition or feel like I need to add like more liquid or less or like whatever the case is. Like, please just like use your, use your discretion and like you do what works for you and what, you know, you'll like to eat. So yeah, those are my nine kitchen tips. Um, oh, and I should make a quick note that most recipes that you read will not tell you to pay the salt tax. And like, anytime you add anything, like I try my hardest when I, add and edit recipes to my, my websites. I always try to say like, you know, then add blah, blah, blah to the pan season with kosher salt to taste, right? Like, cause I feel like a lot of times they don't say that. And then you are left over salting. So just uh, another salt point, but I just couldn't help but bring up. Okay. So that's, that's all I have for you guys today. These are just my top kitchen tips. Um, probably for people that are like getting into cooking a little bit more. Um, I feel like the experts will already know these things, but that's okay that's okay. Um, and then lastly, before we wrap up, as always, when we end a kitchen episode, I would love to talk about the books that I'm currently reading. Um, so I recently started, we are the Brennans and, uh, crying in H Mart and I don't have these uh, books in front of me. So I'm so sorry. I don't have the author names, but anyway, um, the We Are the Brennans novel that I am reading. It is a family drama, which you guys know is my favorite. So I'm just loving it. It's a slow burn and it's just so well written and lovely and it's impossible not to like love all of the characters. I just want to hear the whole story through and through. And then Crying in H Mart is a memoir about a woman who lost her mother. She must have been like in her late twenties when this happened. And her um, she's half Korean and or half Vietnamese. Oh my gosh, I should really know these details. I'm so sorry. Um, did I mention I have two kids under three and like barely sleep? Yeah. Um, so she she's um half white and half oh I wanna say Korean. I'm gonna say Korean. That's gonna be my my gut. Anyway, um her mother passed away due to cancer and the memoir is oh my god, I'm only like 20% in and it's perfect. Like the writing is like out of this world. I like am just absolutely gripping the edge of my seat. Have to know what happens next. Love the way she describes her mother and her relationship with her. And the food descriptions in this book are like literally mouthwatering. It's just so good. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so I'm just gushing over these two books that I'm reading. Oh, and I am also um, about 50 pages into Ready Player One. Um, I think it's Ernest Cline. I probably got that wrong. Um, But anyway, that is amazing as well. And I am definitely mailing that to my cousin when I'm finished, because I feel like he'll really enjoy it um, or appreciate it in the way that I do. And I'm sure I'm like very late to the party with Ready Player One, but Oh my god, it's so good. So, yeah, those are those are the books that I'm reading. So, thank you guys so much for being here this week and I will see you back here next Thursday. Take care.